Hey there, ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster? Oh, you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you? Yeah, or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about? Well, get ready to feel that excitement all over again because Amazon Prime is here to take your entertainment and shopping experience to the next level. Absolutely. Prime isn't just about getting your packages quicker. It's about diving into a world of endless possibilities, from the latest releases to exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. And don't even get me started on the music. Prime offers concert specials that will transport you right to the front room. It's like being at the hottest gigs without leaving your living room. I use Prime to tap in with some of my favorite artists' live shows from any and every genre of music. Trust me, Prime is a game changer. It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips. So why wait? Head over to Amazon.com forward slash Prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before. What's happening? It's your boy T-Rock and I just jumped off the porch with Dirty Glove Bastard. You heard me? Real G's, we do real things. What you know about it? On that bullshit shit, got them sticks. What? Yes, sir. We right back at it, y'all. We got the living legend, the OG, T-Rock, rock solid, jumping off the porch with us today. What's up, bro? What's happening? What's happening, oh, bro? Oh, man. Everything cool, bro. Everything's great on this hand, man. How you feeling? Man, I'm feeling great. Feeling lovely. Wow. Lovely. That's what's up, man. So. We had MC Mac on the porch recently. You was here with him. That's and right. the comments was going crazy, bro. Everybody was saying we had to bring T-Rock on the porch. You know what I'm saying? So we making it happen. You know what I'm saying? Uh, by, by, by the request of the viewers, you know what I mean? That's right. Yeah. By popular demand, baby. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> That's, That's what's up, man. So, so, man, definitely excited to, you know, build with you and, and, and hear about your story. Because, you know, for me, I've been you know, listening to you since I feel like I, pro I think I believe I first heard you on the Prophet Posse uh, Body Parts Project, but right. I might have heard you before that. You know what I'm saying? So as we get into the story, you know, what I mean, definitely right. just hear, you know, how all that came about. But um, you from Atlanta, you from the South Side. That's right. College that's Park, that's College Park. That's what's you know up, man. What Can saying? you talk to us about what it was like coming up on the South Side? Oh, man. Before the internet, before what they call New Atlanta, right. you know, it was it was a different vibe, you know what I'm saying? And I'm I'm born and raised in Atlanta. I was born at Grady, you know okay. what I'm saying? So in my early days, I was on the west side, Wells Drive, Wells Court. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But as far as my latter days, from being a teenager to a man doing music, I'm south side all day. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Fairwood. Old National College Park, right. you know, I so, love it. So, so, so is the South Side where you jumped off the porch? Yeah, because see back then, and that's another thing too, the old South Side, everybody who, he, who we hung with, everybody made records. Yeah. You know, everybody didn't get a record deal, but man, it was, it was very musically orientated. Right. College Park has always been very musically orientated. Yeah. You know, everybody rap. I ain't gonna say everybody was good at it, but everybody rap. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And most people were good at it, okay. just on the, on the cool. So that ain't no diss or no shot at nobody. Yeah. Just everybody loved the music, right. you know? And how'd you get into music? Oh man, I I got into music, I would say, as a, as a jit, you know what I'm saying? Listening to eight tracks, and mm. I, used to, I used to listen to eight tracks in my uncle vinyls. 
You yeah. know what I'm saying? I Man, for those <laughs> that don't know what eight tracks are, bro, because we got we to gotta break this down, too. Straight you know up. <laughs> Man, can you tell these folks what an eight track is? <laughs> Man, an eight track is a fat tape. You know what I'm saying? Before cassette tapes, cassette tapes, I guess you could say, was the evolution of the eight track. Yeah. It was a fat tape. And you know, you have all the, all the albums, you know what I'm saying, will come, come on eight tracks. And you would skip from one, two, to three, but each one, two, three would play you like one or two songs, one, two, then skip, two, one, two, skip. Mm -hmm. And so like if you skip, you might start in the middle of a whole nother song. <laughs> You're like, oh man, I don't like that. Go back to where I was at. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> or, or maybe like, I love where I'm at. Oh, what's this? You know, yeah. eight tracks was jamming. Wow, yeah, I remember jamming. back in the day, man, my moms used to have like the old Richard Pryor eight tracks. Yeah. And, you know what I'm saying, like all that stuff. And I used to go and sneak <laughs> and be listening to all her stuff, so. You know. What you said, yeah. my mama used to do the same thing. Yeah. Them Richard Pryors. Nah, for sure. Yeah, that was, yeah. was the classic eight that, tracks. Come on, that was, we weren't supposed to be listening to that, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, the Richard Pryors defined the eight track era. Oh yeah, no, nah, for sure. Like Straight I think up. if you had one, like you, if you had an eight track, you for sure had a Richard Pryor. You know what I'm saying? And the Earth, Wind, and Fire. <laughs> yeah, man. You feel me? Yeah. You feel me? Word. So, um, what was your come up like though? Like, what was you into? You know what I'm saying? When you was younger, like, was you, was you like in the sports coming up first, even before music, or was like music just always just something that was just a part of your life? Man, music called me. I, I would say, you know, as as a youngster. I wasn't never really the most athletic guy, you know what I'm saying? But I was into like hitting backflips and yeah. stuff like that as a youngster, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But then, you know, your babysitters get to telling you, you're gonna break your neck, you know what I'm saying? They ain't really optimistic about yeah. your youngster hitting backflips, you know? So, and you like, man, I'm good at it. Hey, watch me flip, watch me flip. Hey man, you need to stop doing that, huh. you know what I'm saying? So music, of course, was always my, my, my greatest love, my greatest yeah. passion. So no, nah, I wasn't never really athletic outside of the flipping and running, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But yeah, man, the mic, the mic was calling me. I started at 11, Okay. you know what I'm saying? I've been rapping since I was 11. I say Southside again, it's a Southside thing, Camp Creek, just playing around. You know, when you're young, you're just trying to find yourself, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? And I'm rapping, one of my one of my partners, he like, hey, what you doing over there? It's a rap. Say it. I'm just playing, I don't think nobody gonna like it. He yeah. like, man, this actually sound good. He asked the whole class, hey, listen to him, listen to him rap. You know what I'm saying? So I get to rapping, whole class told me it sounded good. Been on ever since. Word. Like, now I'm a rapper now. Huh. <laughs> you remember like any of your first rhymes that you was writing back in the day? Like you remember like like do you even remember what you was talking about back then? You know what I'm saying? Look, thankfully not. <laughs> Y'all might laugh me off the That's porch. <laughs> That's funny, bud. So yo, so at what point in time like did you actually start taking the music serious and like really get in the studio, start recording and like you know, really know that it was something that you wanted to do? I would say that was around the high school era. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I ran into my partner, 7-8, um, 7-8 Styles. He, he produced my first demo tape. Mm -hmm. I, had, I had a class with his sister. He a triplet, okay. you know what I'm saying? It was crazy. 
one of his brothers, he shoot my videos to this day. You know, shout out to Big Mark, you know what I'm saying, it's seven, eight. But his sister, I was rapping in class, and his sister was like, my brother make beats, you know. Gave me his number, mm -hmm. called him up, rapped for him. He had me in the studio that weekend, you know. That's why I met all the guys. I brought odd one, you know what I'm saying? One of my one of my side highs from, from Area 51, brought him through. And we just recorded, recorded, and we became what we would know, what we would call ourselves then, this before D12, the Dirty Dozen. Ah. So of course, when, when D12 came, we became Area 51. Gotcha. You know, so of course, uh, the two songs I had, Prosperity Over Poverty, and then Odd had a song, The Assault. Got in the hands of MC Mac, of course. Shout out to MC Mac. You know, he let Juicy J hear the tape. And of course, we still in high school. So he called me up one day, said, man, Juicy wanna sign you, man. Huh. I'm like, what? Let's do it. Yeah. And from there on, thus begins a rap career. Wow. So. Before that, like, how'd you connect with MC Mac? Had you like already been kind of connected in Memphis and, and, and making moves there? Or like, what was that connection? And that's the beauty of it too, part of my story. Cause like I said, I'm born and raised in Atlanta. Yeah. See, my daddy's from Memphis. Okay, okay. You see what I'm saying? So that was the reconnection of going back to family roots. You know what I'm saying? My cousin T-Love, you, if you hear on the Gangsta Boo album, I said, my nigga T-Love introduced me to Mac of the Kazi. Uh, then no one can stop me. Paul and Juicy, her prosperity over poverty and recruited me, nigga, wants to join the profit pots. So that's really the story. T-Love went to school with MC Mac. T-Love was my cousin and manager at the time, yeah. you know, co-executive producer of my first album, Conspiracy Theory. So before then, he put the tape in MC Mac hands and MC Mac put it in Juicy hands. You know, and see, you already know this post-internet era. That's how that's how music would flow back right, then. Right, right. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's how we sold records. Yeah. Word in of mouth. Hand. hand to somebody. Yep, and it go from hand to hand. Yep. yep. Nah, absolutely. So then from there, like they, they rocking with your music. So what do they tell you that they want to sign you? Do you move to Memphis? Like what's the steps after that? Man, all of that happened. It, it was a gradual process, of okay. course. So I was 16 at the time, okay. so one thing about it, if you know the industry, I don't know if it's changed, but as a minor, you can't sign a contract. You gotta have your parents yeah. co-sign for yeah. it. So my first contract was more so like that. So I, when I came in, it was just work for hire thing originally. So the first couple of years, I, no, first year, cause I was 16. So I finally signed when I was 17. Okay. So my first contract, yeah, my mama had to co-sign. I still was a minor. Yeah. So basically I just did work for hire the first year. So that was the year, you know, of course we did songs like Bully with your name on it. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. Bada ba ba ba. At participating McDonald's. I actually made my debut on the Endo G uh, Angel Dust album. Oh, wow, yeah. Break the Law 98. Yeah. And of course, after that, the Prophet Posse album. Okay, yeah. And after that, Gangsta Boo album. You know, nigga, you ain't know for only you. Project Pat, you know, Getty Green and the Mr. Don't Play. Yeah. 
when the smoke clears. Yeah, when the smoke clears, platinum. You know, um, Tatter Club of Thugs, yeah. Undercover Freaks. Oh, we yeah. had the song Too, Too Short. Short. Yeah, yeah. Which was originally supposed to have been on my album. Wow. Got to slide that in. That's why you <laughs> hear me on the hook. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so shout out to Too Short, you no, know, and shout out to Tatter Club of Thugs for that love. Yeah. Now, I mean, and that was crazy during that time because, I mean, bruh, you were definitely like a standout on these songs i mean voice was super distinct you know what i'm saying flow was you know what i'm saying very distinct um you really set yourself apart you know from the camp um you know through that time you know on, on all your verses on top i thank you for that my brother yeah nah, that's man. what i came to do you know yeah. what i'm saying the life of the party yeah nah, <laughs> for sure for sure so like what were the sessions like, man? Like, what was it like? I mean, being, were you the youngest out of all of them? You know, yeah. Too? Okay, yeah. so what was that like, man? Like, Definitely, I was the baby. I still remember they used to clown T, uh, Juicy J say. His, his, his whole quote was, damn T-Rock, you young, man. Damn T-Rock, you young. So look, I used to ask him, how old are you? He never would tell me. <laughs> and this was back then wow yeah. you know i was 16 so yeah i was the baby of the clique right. at the time you know but the crazy thing about it again what you're saying about the lyricism you know i felt like you know at that time there was a lot of rappers you know that people don't know about were kids and everybody thought we was grown right. See, back then you had to sound like a grown man so my thing was I was just really into sounding grown. Okay. You know what I'm saying? I got to sound grown. I got to show up and show out. Because like you said, I, I, I did develop that kind of reputation. Yeah, so absolutely. people were saying, hey, we won't do album. We love when this shit come on. Who is this guy? Mm -hmm. You know, kind of thing. But again, I was a child. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you and know? folks would have never knew that. You know, I never knew right, that. Right, right. So I still remember when I first joined the clique. You know, uh, the night we did the bullet with your name on it. Okay. That's the night I met Gangsta Boo. And uh, they was like, guess how old he is, Boo? She was like, how old? He was like, 16. She was like, yeah, that's right. Start him young. <laughs> <laughs> I still remember that. Uh, that's what's up, man. Yeah. Uh, what memories do you have in the studio? Like, I mean, working with like all these classic artists, man. You got any just, you know, good memories you could share with us? Oh, man tons of memories all kind of memories you know when you talk about oh man them nights in the studio back then because you got to realize we was pulling all-nighters yeah. you know what i'm saying you you start maybe eight eight or nine o'clock be in the studio to maybe four to six in the morning yeah. you know so it was just a lot of beautiful sessions man you know everybody coming up with their own styles, you know what I'm saying? Everybody want to do their own thing, try to outshine each other, mm -hmm. and of course, make a classic, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, oh man, I could go on for days about the memories. Yeah. I will give you this one classical memory, you know, about, um, okay, years ago, when I first joined the clique, you know, told you I did the bullet with your name on it. That was the first song I actually recorded. That song was actually me and K-Rock. Okay. You hear me solo on it. Mm -hmm. A lot of people don't know it was K-Rock's song. So the original version, and, and it wasn't bullet with your name on it at that time. It had a Biggie Small sample, which they dropped the Biggie Small sample, and we did the bullet with your name on it hook. 
But originally it was his song. I rapped for K-Rock because for some reason when I came to Memphis, MC Mac wasn't around. Mm. He gave him the tape, but we get there, he ain't nowhere to be found. So we can't do the walkthrough to the studio. Me and T-Love, we like, we, we don't know these cats like this. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So K-Rock, it, it unfolds like this. Cause me and K-Rock was actually a group that mm -hmm. never came out. We wow. was the Rockefellers. Yeah, so when I originally joined the campus, Y'all was the Rockefeller? Nah, the name of our group was the Rockefellers. Oh, okay, okay. And, and, that, and that's crazy too. That's a whole nother story, yeah. you know what I'm saying? How that name unfolded. Of course, T-Rock and K-Rock. Right. So K-Rock was already rapping with them. You know what I'm saying? So when he heard me, he was like, man, I want to rap with you. So he actually walked me through the studio. He, he walked me through the door. You know, I met DJ Paul that day, mm -hmm. rap for him, kicked a couple of verses. So K-Rock was like, put him on my song, which ended up being Bullet With Your Name on it. I did the first verse. He dropped his first verse for me. Mm -hmm. He had two verses. Mm -hmm. So he let me do the first verse and he came with the second verse. And of course, you know, with politics, things changed and now you hear me solo on the song right so that's one memory i can go on there's wow. plenty of them <laughs> <laughs> wow so like what was what was the process um when you guys were recording like was it like a true structure like with how y'all was recording each song or was it like everybody come in whoever got the most bus and flows that's who's going on these songs for the most part in the early days that's how it was, you know, outside of whoever album it was. Whoever album, you know, of course, they the life of the party, they the show, you know, so most of the pressure is on that particular person, yeah. or if it's a group, of course, they share that pressure. Yeah. But outside of that, everybody is showcased on the album. So yeah, when you come through, you know, by our, our mission was to deliver our best verses, our best hooks. Yeah. You know, for whoever album it is. And when you come down, you rapping on that part like it's your album. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, it was that, it was that level. Right. You know, so, so every time I came, I ain't care who album it was. Yeah. You know, of course I felt like, yeah, I, I don't mean that in no ugly pompous way. You know, I, I came to rap, Yeah. you yeah. know what I'm saying? And, and on this part, it's gonna be like it's my album. Mm -hmm. and, and see, that was the beauty of it, you know, having to click, and you know, being able to work with so many versatile artists mm -hmm. and great producers, you know, everybody album was a classic because it really everybody album was the group. Right. Okay. If gotcha. it makes sense, because if you look at the structure of it, you look at Gangsta Boo album, Endo G, the older structures. Shoot, Gangsta Boo may have had like what six, seven solo songs, mm -hmm. but it was her album. So we all we I'm on two songs. You know, you got Three Six Mafia, which is a group, so they on half of the album, right. almost on some dog pound outlaws, mobbing yeah. type thing. Yeah. You know, same with Project Pat, you know. So it was just like every album is the group. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah no, that makes sense. So so all the albums were just being worked together like as a team, but it's like, all right, now it's your turn. Boom. Okay. Now it's your turn. Right. Word. Right. And see when you got a unit like that, you got a team like that. You just crank out so many records, so yeah. many albums. Nah, it makes you sense, know. man. So when you joined the camp, uh, was there somebody that you like naturally connected with or gravitated to that like maybe y'all had more chemistry, recorded more together, anything like that? Um, 
Definitely, definitely. I, you know, over time, each, you know, you have, put a, you know, they call circles or cliques or whatever. Yeah. Me and Gangsta Boo, I used to rap my whole rap folder for Gangsta Boo every day from after school. Got together, that's how I was able to get features on her album. I got okay. two features on her album, yeah. and I wasn't even signed at that time. You know, so I was, of course, being molded to be signed, yeah. you know what I'm saying? And of course, you know, me and K-Rock, we was the Rockefellers, so we, we had albums wrote together that the world never heard. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that would have been crazy, too. Of course, you know, with Lord Infamous, after, you know, over time, of course, we did a lot of records together, you know, when we were with, you know, Hypnotized Camp Posse, but we did a plethora of records after he left. Mm. And I still remember one day he stepped to me, and this was when we still was in the clique. He was like, T-Rock, man, I ain't never told you this, but I really love your style. I feel we really kill it together. Mm. He gave me his number. He was like, man, I know you smoke a lot of weed. Just call me up, nigga. We'll just smoke weed all day. We'll just rap. We'll just make a whole bunch of songs. Word. Yeah, so yeah. Which, it didn't happen during that time. Of course, it happened over time. Yeah. Nah, nah, I can dig it. And that makes sense, man, because I'm like, I mean, you got a bunch of collabs with Laura Infamous. And, right. Yeah, right. And, and y'all chemistry seems crazy. Right. We did a lot of groups, you know, we had the blood money group. Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So, yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba da ba ba ba. You know, of course, um, the T-Rock and Lord Infamous, just us two together. Yeah. And I just dropped a new album, Angel of Warfare, and he featured on two songs on my most recent project. Yeah, no, nah, for so sure. Rest in peace, Lord Infamous. Yeah, nah, for real. Still pushing. Man, long live Lord Infamous. And then you just and then you just dropped another project where I saw he was on like eight songs on there. Uh, right, the Body Pile body, album. Yeah, Body Pile, yeah. Right, the Body Pile album. Yeah, yeah, he is all over that one, ain't he? <laughs> yeah, because I was looking, I was like, dang, is this a collab album too? But I'm like, nah, it's not. But yeah, he, he on a lot of Right, them, yeah. yeah, him him and um, Rock Forever, you know, AKA C Rock. Mm -hmm. Much love to C Rock, you know, Rock Forever. Yeah. Yeah, so that's a that's another collabo. Yeah, we did a lot of records. Yeah. You know. Word. And so what was it like, you know, being with you know, being with Hypnotized Camp, Three Six Mafia, I mean, at this time, like they, they starting to blow up, really buzzing, and then you know, you from Atlanta, so like I know everybody in Atlanta, you know, is, is is tripping, you know, seeing you, you know, doing your thing with them. Like, what was that vibe like? Like, was it was it more haters than people being happy for you, or you know, what was that like? What was that feeling like? Man, by the grace of God, it was more, far more love than hate. Word, that's what's up. You know what I'm saying? A beautiful thing, far more love than hate. And again, this is post internet. Yeah. So what I used to get a lot. And still do, you know, but of course, your face, you see your, your favorite artist more as opposed to back then. See, one of the beauties of when I first came out, the voice, like how you were saying the voice. So I would be around people and everybody know my voice on a record, yeah. but they don't know my face. Right. So a lot of times when I would float around, you know, I, I had a hypnotized mind chain back then, you know, that I used to wear on the same necklace, 133 diamonds. So of course they would see that, like, okay, maybe it is T-Rock. Well, most people, they wouldn't believe it was me. Uh. You ain't T-Rock. 
<laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Of course, because nobody saw my face. So, yeah. of course, if I rap, damn, he is T-Rock. Right, so right, right. it was almost like a Superman, Clark Kent type of effect. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. it was a beautiful thing. Of course, because it wasn't no, you know, right, right. It wasn't no internet. Right. You know what I'm saying? You know, and then it's crazy, too, bro, because <laughs> your rap voice is so is different from your regular speaking voice. From so I talk. Think, yeah, so if somebody just heard you talking, they might not know that it's you until they hear you really get into that mode. You know? Right. So, so I used to get that a lot. You know what I'm saying? But it was, again, it was a beautiful thing. And of course, sometimes I would just say, play my record. Yeah. And man, that ain't you. And of course, get the bus in it. Oh, damn, it is you. Yeah. So I, I got a lot more love than hate. Mm -hmm. Word, know? word. Now, that's what's up, man. And you, and then too, I mean, all, of course, you know, uh, before like all the um well nah this was all in the same time like freak nick was going on down here in atlanta like while the buzz was going on and right. while everything was happening man what was that like oh man i still remember yeah 98 freak nick we all were together mm. you know three six mafia i was with them rocking birthday bash yeah you know so we rocked birthday bash we did a show had the tour bus floating you know what I'm saying? Doing our thing in the Atlanta streets. Yeah. My brother Grip, shout out to Grip in the corner. He was over there with me. Right. You know what I'm saying? That was the year DJ Paul told me, yeah, we're going to put this hypnotized mind medallion around your neck. ATL finest is yeah. coming. <laughs> I still remember that. Word, you know, word. that was a heck of an era. He used to call him Pothead. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Mr. 420 and Pothead. Hey. <laughs> nah, that's what it do, man. So, where did Rock Solid come from? Oh man, the label or the album? I mean, just, yeah, all, all, both, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, like, like just the saying, like just everything, like where, where that Right, right, well, I had been T-Rock, you know, that was my name, of course, my rap name, even before I got with 3-6. Okay. And see, that was the irony, because they already had a K-Rock, yeah, but right. before that, I was already T-Rock. You know, yeah. my, my aunt gave me the T-Rock name. Because I'll tell you this, um, when I, you know, when I was first, you know, hearing all y'all, like, I always, I thought in the beginning that you were a part of the Killer Clan. You know right. what I'm saying? Since, because K-Rock was in the group early, or, or when they started out. And so, yeah, I always right. thought that you was a part of that group, but then realized that you was a solo artist on your own. But Right, yeah. right. Because, see, well, it had been speculations about that, and, of course, you know, I got songs with the Kazi, with the Killer Clan Kazi. Yeah. But what it, what it originally was, of course, like you said, K-Rock was in the Kazi. Mm -hmm. So right before I came, they were in the process of making K-Rock a solo artist and him not being in the Kazi. I don't know if y'all listened on Body Parts, the, uh, the chapter two world domination. K-Rock, he the last one on, on the album, he said, uh, on the song, he said, Kick me out the killer clan with K-Rock, something solo wood. Give me the fucking mic, profit posse, my nigga. Give oh, me the 40 yeah. Glock, who's in the triggers? So like basically, they kicked, they, they, they didn't kick him out the group, but he was, they was in the process of making him a solo artist. So when I came, he was like, look, I want to rap with T-Rock. Huh. So that's how we became the Rockefellers. So it basically went the other way around. I got a Kazi member and ended up being a group with him. Word, word. Yeah. Wow, R.I.P. Rest in heaven, K-Rock. Word, yeah. You know? <clears throat> so you released a song with, uh, I saw you released a song with the gang. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah, and they yeah. had Frazier Boy on it. Yeah, yeah. me, the game, Frazier Boy, and Twisted Insane. Yeah, how, how, how that connection happen? Man, shout out to Maceo, you know what I'm saying? Maceo, who used to produce for Tommy Wright. I don't know if y'all remember, um, what was the name of the group? The Manson Family? He had a group called the Manson Family years ago. That's what uh, Rock Forever was in that group. C-Rock, Maceo had produced a lot of the stuff. And um, Tommy Wright had a song years ago, cause see, he produced a lot of Tommy Wright music. You know, Maceo come from that era. Mm. They had a song years ago, hell no, we won't go, hell no, we won't go with yeah. C9 on it. That's, that's one of Maceo's tracks. But Maceo actually put together the game connect. He had the track, of course he had me and Frazier on, on the record, mm -hmm. Twisted Insane, reached out to the game. The rest is history, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, nah, the game, man, he, yeah, he can coming through with them lyrics, man. Yeah, real. he one of my favorite artists. Shout out to the game. I, I like lyrical cats. Yeah, and that's what, what I, that's what I thought was dope about it was the fact that somebody like you who's very lyrical, like, you know, doing something with the game, I, I was hype about that because I was like, man, I wanted these cats like, like really meet and was game able to really appreciate, you know what I'm saying, like what y'all do, you know? Right, what I mean? right. So, yeah, man. It's yeah. a beautiful thing to work with legends, man. Yeah, legends no, for in the sure, making. Man. I mean, that's know. the beautiful thing about hip hop is that like it brings so many of us together from these different walks of life. So, you know what I'm saying? Like you from ATL, game from what Compton, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and see another beautiful thing about it when we did the song in Atlanta, not ATL, because people don't like to say ATL. So let me not get uh, <laughs> let, let me not get killed in the comments. For, Man, what are you talking about? I don't call it no goddamn. <laughs> but yeah, what I was going to say, a beautiful thing about that record, because usually, you know, we got all kind of engineers, mm -hmm. but we actually ended up using Games Engineer to mix that record. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it was just, man, that's, that's a gumbo. That's Word. a gumbo project yeah. for sure. Nah, that's what's up, that's what's up. Man, you had a song um, called Billionaire Today. And it was right. so interesting to me, because in that song, you, you asked, you say like, you know, what would you do if you got a billion dollars? And then you went on to say, you know, like, would you, I forget the exact words, but it's like, would you do something positive or would you do something, you know, fucked up? Right. And that was just so real because it's like, you know, most people just say, what would you do if you got a million or a billion? And you know what I mean? Just looking at material stuff. But um, can you just talk about, bro, what would you do if you had a billion dollars? Well, man, the whole concept of that song, what I was trying to break down, hey man, I like your taste. <laughs> I, look, cause that's one of my personal favorites. You know, the Billionaire Today record, you know, cause that's, that's part of what I was getting at. You know, of course, like what you're saying, when, when everybody bring up a billion, we all have these fantasies of how we feel the money would change life for us. You see what I'm saying? But one of the, one of the things, if you really get into spiritual walks of the Bible or prayer and things of that nature, you know, higher power, the, the most high usually deals with the kings and the queens, you know, harder than he deals with the common people because the, the kings and the queens are usually the richer ones, right. you know what I'm saying? So they're held to higher standards in life. And so I was asking people, you know, what kind of king would you be? What kind of queen would you be? That's why I said, if I was one, I, it would be each one, teach one. 
show the world around me how to operate and be one. You know what I'm saying? A billionaire without Christ is a, is a fool drowning in his own gold till his own greed suffocates him. You know, that's what I said in the yeah. song, right? So yeah, I was just challenging people to think about it from a perspective of if you had money, you know, how could you help? How, how could you do God's work? You know what I'm saying? Because it's deeper than just saving souls. Okay, you had a prophet to save souls, but everybody has a king or a queen inside of them. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So you don't have to be a preacher to minister, you know? Yeah. You don't, you don't have to be an actual king or queen to do king and queen things, you know? So, yeah, I was just asking people to, to challenge themselves about power, right. you know, because if, if everybody thought, thought that way, you know, look, if I had a million or a billion, I would change this, I would change that, mm -hmm. you know, I feel like a lot of things in life period will be different, but we don't have to wait on the billion to start with it. So that's, that's right. one of the main messages I was trying to convey with the song. Yeah. The billion is in you. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's beyond a billion. It's, it's in you. It's yeah. God-given. It's right. something I can't take. Right. You know, it's a blessing that's given. Yeah. But what will you do with it hmm. if it was increased? That's real. Nah, that's so real because if you think in that mindset, then you'll start actually doing the work before you get it, you know? Right. Yeah. Right. No, that's real. Um, what are some things that you do, like, just to keep, you know, like, your vibrations high and, uh, you know, just keep yourself, like, in a positive mindset? Because there's so much, you know, bullshit going on every right. day out here. Right. I had to go back to church. I, mm. I go to church. You know, I pray. Yeah. I exercise. You know what I'm saying? I started okay. myself on a workout regimen. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, I ain't running around looking like... Um, Batista or John Cena or <laughs> Rock or nobody, but you know what I'm saying? I damn sure look like Bruce Leroy. Yeah, I got I the glow. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I do things like that, man. And um, another thing I try to do is change how I speak. I would say the old T-Rock. And that's another thing, you know, power of life and death lies in the tongue. Mm. You know, they say that in the word. See, that's one of the things, when you're young, you know, you take that lightly, you know what I'm saying? It's, unless it's some good stuff, you know? When it's good, look, hey, I want to hear it. Right. But if it's bad and if I feel like saying it to you, I'm say it, you know? Not only will I say it, I may operate and do it after I say it so many times. So I try to say, you know, try to talk different, you know what I'm saying? Speak different course, prayer. Look, I hate to sound like Hulk Hogan, the prayers and the vitamins. <laughs> hey, come on. That's real, though. Come on, that's real. Because when you tap into that uh, lifestyle, like, you do realize that every little piece of the work that you do and that you put in does matter. It, it does matter. Yeah, because, you know, we, we, I feel like we all had those days, right, where today I'm going. Everything really count. And then, you know, of course, we, 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 we pipe down, we take a break. And especially if things don't come together instantly, yeah. sometimes you're like, hey, man, this don't even matter no more. Yeah. You know, and that's the deterrence a lot of times that'll block you from your blessings. You gotta, you gotta stay in tune, you gotta keep speaking good, mm. keep believing. And another thing I try to do, I'll say this, 
count my blessings. I don't count curses. Mm. You know what I'm saying? It, everybody going through something. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I had I had to understand that even with the word. You know, like I said, I go back to church and I pray, but I had to study and realize Jesus went through it. Was tested, and and it's saying the word, you will be tested. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You will encounter tribulation. It don't say everything gonna be peaches and cream. Right. And most people. Oh, uh, I get. I guess and I'm not. To, I'm not saying it's to discredit anybody, but you know when they talk about Christ and being saved or Allah, anything of that nature, they feel like, all right, now I got that. Everything's supposed to be perfect. Hmm. You know. Right. And that's not what it says. Mm. You know. So I had to really tap into the fact that yeah, okay, I'm gonna go through some things, but I, I don't count my curses. I, I count my blessings. Yeah. If you could stay in tune of counting your blessings, even when things are rocky. Mm -hmm. Oh man, sky's the limit. Beyond sky's the limit. That's real. Because they say that like you, when you keep your mind like in that positive mindset, then you, you know, that, you know, law of attraction or, you know what I mean? Like that energy that you're pulling in. But yeah, once you let some of that negative energy or some of those negative thoughts out, then you just welcome it in some of that, you know, negative energy. I definitely believe that for sure. Right. You know, it's easier said than done. But if you say it enough and you say it enough to yourself, then you, you know, I mean, you'll get it. Right. And you got to start somewhere and something is always better than nothing. That's real. You know, yeah. even when you feel yourself falling off, you got to get back in the island. You do something because something is always better than nothing. Yeah. Good something. Yeah. <laughs> you know oh, what I'm saying? For sure. For sure. Yo, so, so, um, so during this time of, you know, you being with the camp, um, everything's buzzing. Uh, you killing these verses all over, but then we don't get a solo album from you. Um, can you talk about, you know, that and like, you know, why that never, you know, why that never really like, you know, came about? Uh, it's a lot of factors that could play into that. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? If you listen to a lot of my early work, a lot of my records, a lot of my early interviews, you, you will hear my perspective, you know what I'm saying, about things. And of course, post-CEO T-Rock, I'm saying, because you know, at, at first I was an artist, right, you know what I'm right. saying? When you become a CEO and you running your own business, some of the things you say, okay, now I see why it was this way as opposed to being my way, mm -hmm. you know? So I'm not here to say I was cheated or robbed, but of course, you know, yeah, things didn't go the way that we planned as, as an artist and, you know, as far as my fans would, would say. Right. But I think um, a big part of it, a big part of it was creative control. You know, okay, I'm from Atlanta. I'm, a, I'm an Atlanta artist. You know, I blend well with the Memphis Cats, but um, from 16, I told you, from six, in, in, my, in my early time there, I wasn't even signed, so I was a work for hire. Right. So first contract, I signed at 17. So once I signed, they started telling me to rap different. You know, at, at first, anything I do, whatever I say was gold. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Touch gold. Whatever I wanted to rap, they was using, mm -hmm. and it was good. Right. After I signed, one day, yeah, things change and they start telling me, I don't like this, rap this way, rap that way. And my whole thing, okay, as an artist, because I was really big on styles. Mm -hmm. and I, you know, 
I, I wanted to convey all kind of styles, but I was big on being lyrical, you know? So I felt like they was trying to water my style down and turn me into, I guess, another, another rapper with the Memphis flow. Gotcha. And I don't mean that in a disrespectful way, mm -hmm. but I had all kind of styles. And my thing was, why didn't you do this when, you know, during that development stage, during the development that. stage, yeah. why do you wait till I'm signed? Like you're changing my style. And I didn't understand that, you know what I'm saying? So that, that was one factor. And of course, they, they had their stuff going three seasons. My feet was selling records. So, right. I, so I also get that part too. And like I told you, with every record, you know, everybody's participating in everybody's record. So mm -hmm. of course, if, if you hear the record actually eventually came out, mm -hmm. but it's all me. Nobody's on the record, right. you know? So you got, you have days like that, you know, I'm coming in. Cause see, a lot of the early records, and, I, and again, I'm not saying this on a disrespectful way, I'm just saying how hits were made. You dealing with the Indo-Gs, Gangsta Boo, Project Pat, you, you, you listen, most of the hooks were done by other artists. And most of the artists would come through, you handle your raps, mm -hmm. you got a song. You may have a guy come through, rap on your song, mm -hmm. and then the other part of the album, you know, you get your solo thing going. You know, so I didn't really receive that kind of love during my record. Mm, you know, it was almost like, look, go in the studio, come up with what you come up with. And, and me personally, I, I've said this before, I didn't take it personal like they, they didn't like me, you know. I'm not a Three Six Mafia member and I'm not from Memphis. So I, maybe they were testing me, you know, saying, all right, let's see what he can do by himself. I don't know, that was never spoken about. Mm -hmm. But they did pull me to the side one day I'm like, you know, what's going on? Cause I'm trying to figure out what's, one minute y'all loving what I do, the next minute is like, look, we want to change you. So they did say this off record, you know, look, we know you from Atlanta, but we're a Memphis based label. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we don't make Outkast or Goody Mob type records. Mm -hmm. And they love Goody Mob, mm -hmm. they love Outkast. So don't take what I'm saying out of context saying like, look, they was dissing, but that, they, that's what they told me as far as my development. Okay. So I knew what I had to do as an artist was to mix a little Memphis with it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's how you got, that's how you got sounds like, you know, the Slang and Surge song. You know, I got styles for days, yeah. but that's part of how that style was born. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting though, cause I mean, your style and your flow to me matched perfect with the group. Like it, it didn't seem, I mean, it just, it mended well, like it did. Oh yeah, we was, we was gumbo. Yeah. We was like gumbo. Oh, for sure. You know what I'm saying? But again, I'm still a new recipe. Yeah, right, right, and right. Also, well, I'm a new season in the recipe. Yeah, I guess you could say. Now the interesting thing, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like not too not too many people in Atlanta were really rapping with the flow that you was rapping with, though. You know, at you know during that time. Right. So like you know, so that's why I even say it's interesting that it. it to them, it seemed like a different feel because because you know, it wasn't even common Atlanta rap. Right. So <laughs> right, right. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't common Atlanta rap. I got a lot of love, you know, which still do. I get love down south, mm -hmm. but you know, a lot of people thought I was a Midwest artist, West Coast artist. I get love all over. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Just being versatile. And yeah. see, that was another thing I wanted to bring to the table. Of course, I love 
when we did the Rap City thing with me and Lil Chat. Oh, Shout yeah. out to Lil Chat when we got to rock Rap City. Yeah. Because I wanted to show them that the South can go. Mm. You know, we can rap. You know, we, we make party records, you know what I'm saying, on a level that nobody can imagine. Nobody can party like the South. Yeah. But we can rap too. Right. You know, so that was one of my biggest pet peeves. The South can go. Because I was there when Project Pat did the first Rap City. Okay. A lot of people don't know when he came, when he did his first Rap City solo, mm -hmm. I was there. Ah. And they wouldn't let me rap. And Juicy J got mad as hell. <laughs> He's like, well, you gonna rap this time. That's why if you peep on the Rap City, before they go to commercial, he say yeah. T-Rock gonna rap. He don't say T-Rock and Lil Chat gonna rap. That's no disrespect, yeah. but just look back at it. He say T-Rock gonna rap. Because uh -huh. he remembered that. He told me he was gonna get back. He was gonna make sure. Yep. Word, word. Um, can you talk about uh, like some of your collaborations with Pastor Troy? Because, man, y'all chemistry was retarded. And yeah, we got a lot of records together yeah. a lot of people don't know about. Oh, word, word, yeah. Yeah, that, it, ain't, it ain't just Big Mouth, Big Talk, man. man. We probably got about five records together. That Big Mouth, Big Talk is like one of my favorite songs, Chopped and Screwed, too. Like, yeah. That, <laughs> that, that song is so classic, Screwed. It ain't even funny. Classic, yeah. classic. It, it was amazing making that record, yeah. too, because... Yeah, what was that process? Look, I'll, I'll tell you, like, all right. They had an in-store. I want to say it was, uh, I think it was Ted Club Up Thugs in-store, you know, when, when the album first came out. And Pastor Trust showed up. Of course, these, these are high school days. I had to be every bit of 17, 18 at the time. Right. Troy just dropped the We Ready record, you know what I'm saying? So I was telling them because he came to the in-store. And, of course, you know, he used to give out a lot of records, but he sold a lot of records. So I was telling Pastor Troy, not, not Pastor Troy, I'm telling Project Pat that Pastor Troy, I'm like, man, dude, hard in the mouth. You know what I'm saying? Dude, hard. Y'all need to get dude on something. Mm. So next thing you know, we're working on the Hypnotized Camp record. One day I pull up to the studio, I'm hearing Pastor Troy on a song. Oh, wow. Like as I'm pulling up, yeah, they in the car playing it as I'm pulling up to the studio. I'm like, man, that's hard. Like, that's for us? Yeah, I'm like, dang, y'all actually went and got Pastor Troy on a song. So I'm just like excited that they got him on the record. Yeah. And he turned around and said, you know you're going to rap on it, right? I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> and the rest is history. I, I look, I thought they were jiving. They ain't going to let me rap on the record. Right. Pulled up the record. Rest is history. I mean, that's so cold too, like for them, you know, doing that. You know, knowing you from Georgia and from Georgia, you know what I mean? Just connecting the dots with that, like that was, yeah, that was, that was it was a beautiful thing. Yeah. I'm glad they pulled the trigger on that, man. Word, you know? word. And then I would run into Troy, still at the store I go to this day. I still remember when it first came out. You're like, T-Rock, I heard you party. He killed it, dude. He killed it. <laughs> you know, so that was yeah. love for him to reciprocate it, you know, and say, look, I love how we sound together. Yeah. You know, that was a blessing. Yeah, man. Nah, yeah. You, yeah. You and PT Cruiser, man. Y'all, y'all got some joints, man. Yeah. 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 Nah, for sure. Um, and then you, I mean, all right. This year alone, what you dropped about three or four projects? Four albums. Four albums this year. And, and look, this me in slow motion. Right, because you have an extensive catalog, and I was reading somewhere where, like. You surpassed, like, what is it like? Is it James Brown and like Gucci Mane or something like that? Right, like, right. I'm up there. Like, like, don't have as many albums as you or something like that. Right. Like, 
put it like this, a lot of people don't know this, and I'm not saying this to be braggadocious, but the only two artists in history that have more albums out than me is James Brown and Gucci Mane. Hmm. So I'm here to say I got more albums out than your favorite rapper, your favorite R&B singer, your favorite Mozart artist, yeah. whatever genre it is, I got more albums out than them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, yeah. And, and look, again, this is me in slow motion. I dropped four albums this year. You know, I got the Body Power album with Lord Infamous and Rock Forever. We just dropped the Angel of Warfare album, you know, featuring Lord Infamous and shout out to Harass the Dunn, he on the album. Of course, the I Grind, I Hustle 2 album, that, that's a double album, the deluxe edition we just dropped. You know, we rolling, yeah. you know what I'm saying? We rolling, and of course, not, last, not, last but not least, the Annihilation album. Right. I just did an album alongside with Twisted Insane. We did a whole album as a group. So yeah, that's four albums, and we just getting started, and me and my partner, Crank Lucas, Sitting in the corner. Yes, sir. You know what I'm saying? We got a new album finna come out. Word. Yeah. Man, that's what's up, man. Steady working, man. Steady working. Yo, your song Bodies um, is one of your most streamed songs. Right. Uh, can you talk about that song and like how, how you make, like how'd you come up with that? Yeah, man, I tell you, that song is controversial, but it's one of my most streamed songs. And it's something I almost didn't use for a few reasons, you know what I'm saying? I had, man, I had a lot of tragedies happen in my life, you know what I'm saying, in between my family. And I used to always shout out my uncle. I shouted out my uncle on the record, you know what I'm saying? And being I shouted him out, I wasn't gonna use the record, but I still ended up using the record. But you know, I just love playing with styles, you know what I'm saying? So really, when the record came out, I was using the old Gangsta Boot floater. I don't love them from the, skin, from the Kingpin Skinny Pimp album. Word. You know, so yeah. of course, they fans love that kind of music. You know what I'm saying? So I'm glad I went ahead and used the record because it ended up being, of course, one of my most streamed songs on Spotify and stuff. But some people think it's a diss record, mm. you know, because of the way I took the float. Yeah. But it was really homage. It was a homage two gangster boo and skinny pimp just saying mm. look i'm i could take this style and this is what i'll do with it yeah you know i do that i do a lot of that with a lot of styles you know i love to rap mm. you know what i'm saying in order to rap you got to be the best you can't be a one-trick pony you know what i'm saying i, yeah. I fight every i fight all kind of styles i ain't i don't just do kung fu yeah. i can box i can do uh, all that shit. Yeah. you know what i'm saying so so i was approaching it more so you know on a level like that and of course when I rap about demons or devils, you know what I'm saying? A lot of people think I'm dissing three C's mafia. But you know, again, we talked about my spirituality and my beliefs. Right. So I, I, when, I, when you hear me rap about demons and devils, I'm talking about real devils. I ain't talking about no rappers. Yeah. So, and, and of course, when I made amends with Lord Infamous, I took that as, that's amends toward the whole group. Right. So I, I wasn't gonna take no more shots. Even when I felt like they was taking shots at me, yeah. you know what I'm saying? So when you hear me rap about demons, it ain't no rappers, right? You know, so yeah, bodies, man. Just big shout out and big homage to Gangsta Boo. Word, word. You know? And uh, speaking of Gangsta Boo, um, there's a funny story about <laughs> like how you lost your virginity as a teen, and like she had something to do with it. Or, or was <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. All right, look. I'll break it down like this. Shout out to E. E. Gutter, Eric Mitchell. That's her brother. That's her little brother. You'll hear her say it on a lot of songs. 
But far as rap go, as far as the camp go, I was her little brother. On, on some rap shit, you know what I'm saying? I was her little brother, you know? Like I said, I used to call her, rap the whole photo, you know, she used to tell me, man, we had, we had, uh, we had did American Rap Makers years ago. Can't find the footage nowhere. She told, she told him, man, can't nobody out rap T-Rock. You know what I'm saying? It was just all love, but what, what it was, okay, when I, when I joined the camp, I was a kid. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? I was 16 years old. We fresh, green, a virgin. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like a virgin. <laughs> you know, like what Dada say. So I'm new in Memphis. You know, our swag is different. Memphis is a gutter place. Mm -hmm. You know, even they women, you know what I'm saying? They respect a different level of kingship. I was talking about earlier, you got good kings, you got nice guys, and you got mean kings, ruthless kings, right? So I was trying to holler at a lady, a young lady, how I would holler at the girls in Atlanta. Hey, Miss Lady, you know, she just kept walking. Hey, Miss Lady, I can't get no time. So I'm like, well, fuck you, bitch. Like straight up, that's what it was. So that's what I said, right? So then she turned around, gave me, gave me some play. And you know, T Love, Navigator, MC Magnum, they like, yeah, go on, get out the car and holler at her. So I'm hollering there, I'm like, damn, that's what a nigga got to do to get your attention. So I'm telling her, like, look, I'm new guy in Profit Posse, I'm T Rock, woo the woo, you know. I'm, all right, I don't believe so. I rap, you know. Back then, I, I rap Johnny on the spot. I'm, I'm rapping bullet with your name on it. So look, I do this. This is what I do. I, I call Gangsta Boo. Gangsta Boo, and them, we, we headed to a show. We finna do a concert. So they had the liquor store getting some liquor. I'm on the corner, you know, trying to holler at the little chick, you know. So I said, I put Gangsta Boo on the phone. I call. I can't even remember who it was. Hey, put Boo on the phone. Put Boo on the phone. They put Boo on the phone. Boo. Hold on one sec. I put the girl on the phone. She said, this gangsta boo. Boo said, yeah. The girl just started screaming. Ah, the boo. Boo hung up the phone, right? <laughs> so the girl, look, the girl give me her number. I'm thinking everything good. Like, all right, shoot. I, I just got some action. I can't believe I had to say, fuck you, bitch, to get it. But so Boo called back. She called the number back after the girl leave and everything. Put T-Rock on the phone. Rock, Boo on the highlights. Hello? T-Rock? Don't you ever call me with no motherfucking groupie on the phone? What's Cuss me from A to Z. You know what I'm saying? But again, that's big sis. I'm 16, she 18, going on 19. And yeah. I ain't big sis. I'm sorry. Cause look, it was funny to me. I ain't know. You know, I, she snapped. Next day, I was getting my virginity took by the girl. <laughs> so, 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 so Gangsta Boo, that's how she played a role in it. Damn, that's what's up, man. Rest in heaven, Gangsta Boo, I'm man. I love you, man. Long live Lola, for real. <laughs> nah, that's what's up, man. So, T Rock, what else you got coming up, bro? Man, plenty new albums. Me and Crank Lucas, we working on a new album. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Just plenty new records. Yeah. I, Man, I got like seven new albums sitting in the vault right now. You know, I got a gospel record for those who don't know, the Kairos album that's available now. So I got the Kairos album two coming, you know, and a whole plethora of T-Rock solo albums. I tell you this, I got a lot of, I got a lot of records. I need titles, right. fans, if you got any ideas for titles, you know, 
because the music is there. We just got a plethora of records. Okay. A word. plethora of records. And you got trockonline.com, uh, correct? Yeah, that's where you can get, that's where you can shop with us direct. trockonline.com. That's okay. right. trockonline.com. You know, you can follow me on the IG. What's that? trock42051. You know, and definitely subscribe to the YouTube channel. Just type in T Rock, official T Rock YouTube channel. It's there, man. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And you got any shout outs or any, you know, words you want to leave the people with? Man, big shout out to MC Mac one more time. You know what I'm saying? Boss Game, Boss Game, Rock Solid Music's finest. Dog Caper, you know what I'm saying? Man, definitely my crew, you know what I'm saying? Crank Lucas, the lovely. Keto Boot, Queen of the South, gorgeous. You know what I'm saying? My brother in the back, on deck, you know what I'm saying? D-Rock, you know, so, man, just thank you, man. Yes, it's sir. a pleasure. That's what's up, man. Nah, I appreciate you pulling up, man, jumping off the porch with us. Top top. Yes, real G's, we do real things. What you know about it? On that bullshit, got them sticks. What you know about it? Save it.